Hey, the Washington football team that classified best podcast that's out there. You know we got some good people like Eric and Ellie, they on there. We know Washington football team, the best team out there, and we don't care. They used to talk about how we ain't make it to the players, but boy, did y'all go there? Let's talk about Chase Young getting them sacks. Let's talk about Gibson running it back. Let's talk about Terry Lawrence scoring touchdowns every time he catching that pass. Let's talk about Rupert Foster, how he's sitting there waiting for somebody to run that slant. Let's talk about Kim Fuller, how many picks he got. Yeah, the boy be still in the pass. Pick six. Welcome back to the Washington football team declassified podcast fresh off the bye week. Eric, how's it going? Uh, man, I'm in a soundproof container. I'm happy. I'm in, I'm in a good mood. No, no loss to be upset about this week. Everything's great. Everything is lovely. Brian, how you feeling? I feel great. We won the bye week. We, we won the lose. bye week. Yes. Yeah. You know why We're we won the bye week? Dallas lost. And the Eagles lost, right? And the Giants won. So I guess that's not that great. But yeah, Dallas lost. So who cares? They suck. We hate them. Dallas lost bad to the Broncos. Yes, who we barely lost to. Does that yeah, mean we anything? Barely even lost to them. Yeah, it means <laughs> it means that we are uh, still terrible. That's what it means. <laughs> <laughs> not a lot to take away from that. Uh, all right, so. We're going to do a, a couple superlatives tonight, and then we're going to get into the Tampa Bay matchup. Let me say this. If you are listening and you have not subscribed, take a second to go do that. We have people like Eric recording in a soundproof booth. We got Brian. He's here, and I'm here as always. So, And I also, we always appreciate all you guys reaching out to us, telling us you love the show, or just various comments and things like that. It means the world to us. Keep doing it. We love to interact with you guys on Twitter. Here we go. We're going to start with uh, the offensive first half MVP. Eric, who's your offensive first half MVP? Well, of course, it's Terry McLaurin. Who else would it be? Okay. I mean, he's the he's pretty much the offense. Uh, I guess you could make a case. Well, I won't I won't steal your thunder. It's got to be Terry McLaurin. I've been a stand for him all offseason, all season long. He's my guy. Uh, he has produced uh, as best as he can with the quarterback situation the way it is. So I don't, I don't have any anyone other than Harry McLaurin in my eyes as the, as the MVP. TM seventeen. I had a feeling you go there, Brian. Who's your first half MVP on offense? So I was gonna do Terry McLaurin, but I thought about it. I was like, man, we just don't throw him the ball enough. Who else was a surprise? Uh, and it wasn't uh, a player, but a coach. John Masco, the offensive line coach. I think our offensive line, I think a lot of people going into this season thought we were going to be really, really bad. I know we just got a couple of injuries here late these last like two games. Uh, but the offensive line has been actually, you know, probably a strength of the team. You know, we all thought the defense was a strength. The offensive line was pretty good so far. So I give that to John Masco offensive line coach MVP so far because they outperformed where I thought they would be. And I think where a lot of people thought they'd be right now. That's a good call. Both of you guys had good calls, but you're both wrong. The, <laughs> offensive, the offensive MVP to me is somebody who has directly attributed to our wins, both of them out of six games, out of eight games. Sorry. I'm going to go with JD McKissick. He is the offensive most valuable player. He won the Atlanta game for us. I believe he won the other game that we won this year for us. That dude has been balling and he doesn't get the love he deserves. JD McKissick is my offensive MVP for the first half of the season. That's a good one. Thank you. I appreciate that. Let's switch to the defense. 
Eric, who's your defensive MVP so far? Yeah, so when when I said you could make a case for a couple of guys, McKissick is one of the ones I said you could do it, but I backed off because I figured one of you would take it. <laughs> you're so kind because you're um, right. Defensive MVP. Uh, are we doing a team MVP or are we just doing offensive and defensive? Just offensive and defensive. That, okay, because I was going to affect my answer. No, my defensive MVP then is definitely Jonathan Allen. Uh, as bad as the defense has been this year, Allen has been consistently very good uh, to great at times. Uh, he's playing like a guy who's trying to get paid and not like a guy who just got paid. Uh, and that is saying a lot. So Jonathan Allen is my guy. You have to love exactly what you just said. He got paid and he's still playing as hard as he did before he got paid. That he ain't is, no Hainsworth. He is no <laughs> Albert Hainsworth. Brian, here's who's your uh, defensive MVP so far. Oh, I'm going to make this two for two. It is Jonathan Allen. I mean, he has been for basically all eight games so far, just about unblockable. Um, he has been our best defensive player, our most consistent defensive player, game in, game out. Uh, yeah, there, there's no question. He's uh, He's been the guy. Uh, I'm going to be a contrarian here, and I'm going to go with my guy. <laughs> I can't do it. It's Jonathan Allen. <laughs> it's nobody else it possibly can be at this point. I was, I was going to say Jamin Davis, but I like what he's doing. He's getting better, but he's not the, no chance, no how. It's Jonathan Allen all the way. So shout out to Jonathan Allen. You're a baller. Man, we appreciate that. All right. Yeah, the only other guy you could make a case for would be Cole Holcomb, who's been a pretty consistent player, but nowhere near the level that Jonathan Allen has been. Yeah. He's consistent with context. Like he, there's some things he's still not doing well, and it shows up in some of the ratings that he gets but he is always around the football and as a linebacker, you have to appreciate that. So yeah, but he's, yeah, like you said, not on the same level, anywhere close to what Jonathan Allen's doing. Uh, let's go. Who needs to step it up on offense, Eric? Everyone not named Terry McLaurin. Uh, <laughs> so who, I mean, there's been so many guys I'm going to go with, I know the obvious answer is my boo, Taylor Heineke, but I'm not going to go there because I don't think he's going he's gonna to be on the field uh, a lot in the second half. Um, I'm going to go with Charles Leno. We brought Charles Leno in uh, despite drafting a tackle um, so that we could ease our guy in because we thought he could hold down the left side. And I think if there has been a weak link on the line, it's been Leno. Uh, in pass protection, he's just not been great. He's been giving up a lot of pressures and sacks. So I think Leno needs to step it up because I still think Cornelius Lucas is better. Definitely an argument to be made there for sure. Brian, who's your, uh, who needs to step it up on offense for you? As much as I would like to um, say Scott Turner, he's got to do better. I, I got to go with Heineke. Um, you know, we, we know he's limited. We know he's a backup. We know he's got uh, a weak arm, but He's got to understand that himself and he's got to, you know, make some adjustments uh, internally. Right. He, he doesn't have to wait for the coach to tell him, hey, you know what? Uh, I don't have a strong arm. These deep outs, maybe maybe I got to you know, throw the, the, the ball on time or maybe I've just got to tuck it and run um, instead of just, you know, dropping back every time, you know, trying to find somebody trying to hold on to the ball a little too long to make a play. Like, let me just tuck it and run 
get the first down, you know, try to spark myself, spark the team. Um, I, I think there's uh, a little bit more uh, ownership he could take in uh, some of the mistakes he's making, some of the interceptions, uh, and just kind of clean up his play. I think if we can get a little bit cleaner play uh, for him, maybe we can pick up a few more third downs. Maybe we could get a few more touchdowns. Is it going to drastically change anything? No, but uh, I think it would uh, really help the offense if he uh, if he stepped up, kind of cut out some of the mistakes and uh, sloppy play that he has, and, and just do what he does, which is make plays. I, I agree with both of you guys. I really, really do. But I'm going to go uh, – I'm going to go with another guy, but I'm going to tell you this. Antonio Gibson would have been a good call here as well. I think he just has to do more to prove that he's an every-down running back. But I actually decided to go with Cam Sims, and I know he's been hurt. But listen, Cam, for two years, people have been telling me this guy can be a number two receiver in the NFL. And for two years, I haven't seen it. He had a couple of games last year where he did really well, and then he disappeared in between all the other games that were there. I need to see Cam Sims step up because we need a number two in the worst kind of way where while Curtis Samuel is out. I don't know if he'll be back after the bye or not, but we need a second and a third receiver. Shoot, he can do any of them. Step up. Let me see something. Uh, all right, defense. Eric, who needs to step it up on defense? Uh, your boy. Well, who? let's see. I was going to – I thought Landon Collins, but when I, with the move to a linebacker, he's done really well. So I'm going to back off on him. Um, I think Jamin Davis is the guy that needs to step up on defense. He's the number one pick. Um, there were some other players on the board that could have served us well when we took Jamin Davis. Uh, I like the pick of Jamin Davis, uh, and I knew early on that he was going to need time to develop. But we're halfway through the season now, and it's time for him to hit the switch. He needs to figure things out quick it really become an impact player because uh, we just really haven't gotten much out of the linebacker spots. So I'm going to go Jamin Davis. Uh, I was my second choice of course was Bobby McCain, but I really had low expectations for him anyway. So Jamin Davis is my guy. Yeah. And Jamin Davis is the one player on defense that can impact and affect the defense more than anybody else. If he improves his play, in my opinion, just because we've gotten so little production or such little production out of that linebacker position. So he can definitely turn us around there. Brian, who needs to step it up on defense? I was thinking about uh, Bobby McCain, but I'm like, he's just a one-year player. Um, he's not going to be here next year. And then I thought about Jamin Davis uh, as well, too. But I was like, he didn't even play like the first handful of games. It, you know, he, he, he got such uh, limited snaps. Um, so I, I, I looked at it and I was like, you know what? It's got to be Chase Young. Um, to, to as much acclaim as he's gotten, much is expected. And we have not gotten anything like what we expected this season. Uh, there was an article that came out over the weekend, uh, Mike Silver uh, with uh, Ron Rivera, and he was like, you know, Chase and uh, Montez, you know, they're still not, you know, doing the technique that we're asking them to do. They're still, you know, pressing too much. They're not, you know, fighting through uh, some of the chips and double teams. I'm like, it's a year and a half in. Let's let's follow what the coaches are telling you and make some plays. I think combined, uh, they were talking about the combined sack record. Combined, they only have like what four sacks, five sacks. Like they yeah. they don't have any sacks. Like more, 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 more from uh, Chase Young. Yeah, hard to argue there. And I'm going to go with our high price free agent DB William Jackson the third. I mean, this guy. Every time you turn on the television, somebody's running by him, or they're catching the ball over him. He can be better. 
I truly believe that he can be better. And I know there's a lot of conversation around whether the scheme that they're running fits his strength. Brother, you had to know that when you signed on the dotted line. So you're here now, step up, play ball. You can be better. I truly believe that. I think he will in the second half, just get his confidence going, and I think he'll be all right. So, but William Jackson III, let's see you step it up, man. All right, now let's go with players that we're just over. And like the experiment, not experiment, but we're just done seeing you play. Time to bring somebody else in. On offense, Eric, who's your guy? Taylor. Taylor Heineke. We know what he is at this point. He's a uh, backup quarterback. I don't want him gone from the team, but he's he's run his course this year. He's not going to get any better as the season progresses. I mean, defenses know what he's going to do in every game there's, or every week. There's more film. So it's time to get him out of there. I'm done with him. Uh, I like him as a player. I love him as a backup. But, you know, eight games in, he's not the guy anymore. So Taylor Heineke, I'm done. I'm over him. It's a hard breakup because Eric was in love early on in the season, man. Preseason I was special. all in. <laughs> After that Atlanta game, I was all in. Yes. Yes, he was. Brian, who are you over on offense? I'm over. Well, this guy has barely played. It's Curtis Samuel. I'm over him not being able to, to get this injury, um, you know, under control. And I'm over this over importance that we're placing on Curtis Samuel. Like, as far as I know from watching Curtis Samuel, he's a slot wide receiver gadget player. Like he's not a focal point of an offense. And I keep hearing about, we just need Curtis Samuel to get healthy. We just need him for the back run of these last nine games or whatever it is. We just need, I'm like, he's a slot wide receiver gadget player. Like he's not a basis of your offense. We have a legit number one wide receiver and we don't use him. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know what, you know, Curtis Samuel is going to come here and do other than, you know, get an occasional uh, pass line up in the backfield, get an occasional carry here or there, like uh, utilize the guys we've got now because we've got some good ones and they're not being used. Uh, you know, we've already mentioned JD McKissick. He needs to be used more. Terry McLaurin, he needs to be used more. Um, I'm tired of hearing about updates. Well, we saw Curtis Samuel stretching um, like now it's time to move on, put him on IR, let him get healthy for next year. Yeah, I agree with it. Curtis Samuel, I mean, look here, man. We we bought him in to do things, to, to bring a lot of just energy and creativity to this offense, and we've seen all of none of that so far. So I can't uh, I can't be mad with you there. I'm going to go with there's – a, there's a few I could choose from because part of me is overseeing – Gibson struggle with the injury every week, even though, you know, I appreciate him fighting through it. Part of me says, look, I'm overseeing you struggle. I don't want to see you make it worse. Just go on IR, but I, he's my favorite player on offense. So I want to see as many games with him in it as I possibly can. I think that I am over. I'm going to go Jared Patterson. And I know that's kind of harsh. And a lot of people love Patterson. I just, I was hoping that when he got in the game, he would be explosive and do things that Gibson hasn't done so far this year and really bring life to our offense. I don't think he did that. I think, like I said last week, I think he kind of came in and did exactly what we were getting from or gave us what we were getting from Gibson already. And we've been calling for him for so long. And then he got in there and it was kind of a flat performance for me. So I'm over that. Give Gibson all the carries if he can take it. It just, I, I know he probably can't. So give McKissick some more than let him make some plays. Let's figure out later if Patterson can be the guy. I've, I've completely turned the tables on that because 
I just felt like he had a good opportunity against a defense that was missing a lot of players to really put a stamp on the fact that he belongs in the NFL. I don't think he did that. He wasn't awful, make no mistake, but when you're splitting hairs here, he's my guy for who I'm over for right now on offense. All right, Eric, who's a player on offense that you've only seen a little bit of and you, you want to get a little bit more just to see what you have? Well, Curtis Samuel, obviously. Um, <laughs> I'm not over him. I, I can't be over him because I've, I've never been under him. I don't know uh, what he's going to be here. I loved him in Carolina. I was like all in to get him. I really want to see him come out here and play and play well. Uh, I just hope that stupid groin injury goes away so we can actually see that. So Curtis Samuel, I want to see more. I got to see more. I need to see more. <laughs> I got to. Do you understand me? Are you listening, Curtis? Dear Curtis. <laughs> yep. Brian, who you, who's the player you want to see more of on offense? Um, well, this is, uh, this, we, we just mentioned his name. It's Terry McLaurin. Like, <laughs> we, we have a legit number one wide receiver. In the last game, he had three catches, four catches. Like, that's that's ridiculous. Like, he should have, you know, between eight to ten catches every game. I want to see more Terry McLaurin. I don't care how we got to do it. Throw it to him, screens, deep, pet, like whatever, whatever you got to do. Get him the ball more. Like it is malpractice if he comes out of a game with less than eight to 10 catches. I mean, when we throw it to him, good things happen. We score points. We move the offense. Like we need it. We need more Terry McLaurin. Yeah. It, nobody can argue with one to see Terry get the ball more. That's for sure. You know what I want to see more of? Jared Patterson. I know I just mentioned being over him. Jared, I can't quit you, man. I can't quit you. I want to see more of you running the ball, but please be more effective in doing so. Break some long runs off. Show me some of that Buffalo magic. The seven touchdowns in the game. Was it seven or eight? It was, it was eight. Yeah, it was eight. Give me some of them eight tutties. I, I said tutties, people. Clean your mind out the gutter. Tutties, touchdown. <laughs> you did say tutties. Uh, <laughs> I, need I don't eight. know where to go with that. Tutties. Um, I need to see it because we really need it. And I don't, like I said, as the season goes on, I get more and more concerned with Gibson's health and his ability to recover from the injury that he's dealing with. Football is a contact sport. If you watch him when he gets tackled, he always protects that leg as uh, he's starting to go down. Patterson, come on, man. Let me see something. Step it up. Defense. Let's see that. Show me your tutties. Show me <laughs> all, all eight of them. All of them. <laughs> if, Jared, if Jared gets eight career touchdowns, I think we should feel happy for him <laughs> from where he's at. No offense to Jared, but that's actually – that'd be eight more than I ever got. So, Hey, not in flag football, sir. Not in flag football. Not in flag. I got six in flag football. <laughs> all right, on defense, same question. Uh, who do we want to see more out of? Uh, same, of, same. Yeah. My step it up guy, uh, Jamin Davis, need to see more of him. Uh, he's got to get involved in the defense. He's got to figure things out. He's, he's going to have to be a big part of this defense moving forward. So why not start now? Yeah. Love that. Brian. Jeremy F Reeves. Like I'm tired of seeing Bobby McCain <laughs> out there. Like uh, I have no idea why, like Ron is so loyal to uh, Bobby McCain. Like he just got here and we're still, you know, 
playing him, starting him. He's getting 100% of the defensive snaps each week. Why? Why? Like, you have a guy who actually performed well for you last year, who stuck around and was on the practice squad, and you gave an opportunity to, and he performed. Let's see Jeremy Reeves and Cam Curl as our two safeties and see what that looks like uh, again, because it looked pretty good last year and it hasn't looked good with the guys that we've had at safeties or the combinations of safeties outside of curl. Uh, so let's, let's give Jeremy Reeves some run here. And uh, that's a great segue because the other guy you mentioned, Cam curl, I want to see him on hundred percent snaps on defense. No more yes. of this 30, 40, 60% of the snaps. Give me a hundred, let him, let him play, let him develop. He's a second year safety. We believe he's going to be good in this league, but we don't know because he's not playing enough. Let us find out. Put him on a field, Ron. No, everybody, Chris Harris, everybody. We need to see more Cam Curl. All right. We are about to play Tampa Bay, the Super Bowl champions. They just lost to the Saints the week prior, but they've been running over everybody. And I mean everybody. They also have a quarterback you might be familiar with. His name is Tom Edward Patrick Brady. He's pretty good. They got Antonio Brown. They got Mike Evans. They got Chris Godwin. I can keep going. They just got weapons for days. Um, all right, let's look at our position battles. Their passing attack, I just basically mentioned it. Tom Brady. They got uh, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. Mike. And Antonio Brown, uh, man, they got a heck of a passing attack. And then we got our secondary, St. Juice, William Jackson III, Fuller, Gibson. Did I say Gibson? McCain, I'm sorry, not Gibson, McCain. Um, and Curl. Eric, who are you giving the edge to in the passing game? Oh, it's close. It is really close. But I'm going to have to give a slight nod to Tampa by a million miles. <laughs> uh, I mean, your worst receiver. The, I mean, the lowest your what your slot guy is Antonio Brown. Yeah. He's been to like 15 Pro Bowls. That's ridiculous. They yeah, they're so much so much better than our secondary that it's not even funny. Yeah, it's it's kind of ugly. <laughs> Brian, who are you giving the edge to? It is not even a question. It's Tampa. I mean, you've got the best quarterback, in my opinion, of all time with Brady, who's seen everything, every defense, every kind of personnel grouping that could, you know, you could possibly imagine. And he's already, you know, shredded this defense last year when, you know, we were, you know, allegedly really good last year. So, um, no, this is this is Tom in Tampa all the way. You know what I just did? I forgot to mention Rob Gronkowski. I forgot to mention Cameron Bray. It just, the weapons don't stop. OJ Howard. There's no way. <laughs> There's no way I'm giving this uh, battle in terms of passing attack to anybody but Tampa Bay. They're just too deep. They're too deep. All right. Tampa's run game. They have Giovanni Bernard, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones. He fumbles, so he doesn't play a lot. Darwin Thompson. Man, they keep a lot of running backs on the active roster. Uh, and then they also have a, a pretty good offensive line. Ryan Jensen. They got uh, Alex Kappa, Sedarius Hutchinson. I don't even know who starts. Ali Marpet, <laughs> Robert Hainsey, Donovan Smith, Tristan Wirfs. They got a whole bunch of offensive linemen out here. I need to find a depth chart. What am I doing? I'm messing up. But anyway, of course, we have our one linebacker, Cole Holcomb. 
maybe Jamin Davis, and we got our D lineman. We know Sweat's going to be out, right? We got uh, Chase Young. I guess Two Hill might sub in for Sweat. And then we got Payne and we got Allen. We got Ionitis and we got Settle. Run game. Eric, who are you giving it to? Um, I mean, on paper, well, no, it's not even on paper. I think Tampa wins. Uh, Tampa's offensive line is fantastic. They really destroyed our defensive front last season uh, in the playoffs. Uh, and they haven't really changed a lot. So, yeah, Tampa, I mean, our defensive front has talent uh, to compete with that line, but they haven't put it together this year outside of John Allen and, and consistently anyway. Um, so if they can all gel together, it'll be a really fun matchup to watch if everybody figures it out at the same time. And also don't forget about our guy, James Smith-Williams. He got his first career sack last week. Uh, against Denver so uh props to him we can't leave him off he's no longer an afterthought he's a, he's officially on the stat sheet well wait um, do we have to consider him uh, on the stat sheet isn't that the he got the sack that uh, Teddy fell down right it it counts it goes in the playbook it goes in the stat sheet as a sack <laughs> regardless so you know I'll take it and I'm sure Smith Williams will as well that's right he gets sack bonuses he just made himself Eleven dollars. No, he made himself some money with that sack. I'm sure. He's <laughs> seventeen. Like, seventeen dollars. <laughs> he made seventeen dollars. <laughs> Brian, who are you going with in the run game? So yeah, the the Bucks have a better offensive line. Um, they've got really good running backs. Um, the only thing I will say is they're not. They don't particularly put any emphasis on the uh, the run game. Um, they were, they're the 25th rushing offense. They average about 95 yards a game. It's because they have the number um, one passing offense because they average like 327 yards passing a game. Uh, so that may be you know a saving grace for us is that they are having so much success throwing it on us that uh, they may forget to uh, to to run the ball. But uh, yeah, they 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 have the advantage there as well too, no doubt. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i not going to disagree. Leonard Fournette can be effective when they want him to be. Um, they usually use him late in games to kind of salt things away. But uh, he's – And in the playoffs. And in the playoffs. They keep him on ice until the playoffs, and all of a sudden he rushes for 1,100 yards in three games. <laughs> exactly right. Like, they, they certainly have the ability to run the ball if they want to. They just choose to tear you apart and rip your heart out through the pass game. So – yeah, yeah, I think they took all those position groups. Wow, that's that's about what I expected, as a matter of fact. All right, so let's flip the scripts, and uh, let's go with our passing game. Heineke's still at the saddle. We got McLaurin. We don't know who else is going to be healthy. I'm not going to pretend like I do at this point. Um, we think Logan Thomas might be back, but not a guarantee yet either. Their secondary is Jordan Whitehead, Richard Sherman, Antoine Winfield Jr., and they have Jamel Dean as the other cornerback. Who are you giving the edge to in the pass and tack for Washington, Eric? It doesn't matter who they have. We have If Taylor Heineke's throwing the ball, they're just going to sit back and make him throw, or they're just going to play up and make him throw deep and then intercept it or knock it down. Uh, it also it all comes down to quarterback, and I don't think Heineke is capable of of beating uh, putting any points on the board against Tampa's defense, honestly. Uh, other than maybe on like a 50-50 ball, so it's got to it's got to be Tampa. Okay, Brian, are you feeling any more optimistic than Eric? Slightly, 
just slightly. Their passing uh, defense is probably their, I, I guess, if you can say they have a weakness. Um, they're not that great pass defense. Um, they're like 20th. They're giving up 257 yards a game. Uh, that doesn't mean that we're going to have uh, success uh, against them. I think uh, we'll get some big plays here and there uh, through the air because that um, they're really good against the run. They've got a lot of uh, bodies that they put up on the uh, line of scrimmage. So I think we'll we'll get some plays here and there in the past game, but not enough that uh, we're going to be able to you know keep pace points wise uh, with uh, with Tom. So no, um, you know I'm giving the advantage to them, but uh, we can uh, we can certainly uh, make a few plays here or there. Yeah, I think the fact that Tampa Bay is going to score on offense, which you already know, is going to make us one-dimensional, and I think that works against our passing offense. So because of that fact, I'm going to go with uh, Tampa's defense, pass defense versus our pass offense. So run game, my favorite thing about football, we got Antonio Gibson, we got J.D. McKissick, we got Jerry Patterson, and then and we got our offensive line. They have... On the D-line, Ndamukong Sue, <laughs> Vita Vea, William Goldston, Jason Pierre-Paul, Devin White, Levante David, Shaq Barrett. That is uh, some talent there on the defensive line and the linebackers. Eric, run game, who's got it? One thing uh, Washington has is the X factor of the, uh, the run play that we have. <laughs> uh, I think that makes all the difference in the world. Uh, just hand it off out of a shotgun and uh, let Gibson run outside. I think, I don't think anybody's got any medicine for that in the NFL, the run play that we have. So uh, no, Tampa, Devin White, Levante David, those guys are ridiculous. Uh, yeah. I can't even think of a reason why Washington will get any yards on the ground this week. Yeah. Outside of the, the genius of the run play. Well, there's two, cause they can go in either direction. Don't forget that. So. Yeah. There's right and left. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Tom's never seen that. They've never seen <laughs> mind-blowing creativity. Brian, where are you going with this run game? Who's got it? Tampa Bay has the number two rush defense. They're only giving up 78 yards on the ground a game. This is this is all Tampa. Uh, and especially we've got a backup center now um, who's gonna have to block you know 800 pound via Vea uh, or in Damakasu, like one of those two guys. Uh, that that's not a recipe for success. So um, I expect them to shut down any and everything, um, you know, of that inside handoff shotgun run that uh, that we're going to try to do, you know, 12 times. Yeah. You know, Vitavea is probably the best run stuffing nose tackle and, you know, from a 3-4 defense in the league. That dude is legit. Uh, he, you know, you remember all those years when we were in a 3-4 and we kept looking for the nose tackle and we just could never find that guy. Like he was the guy that we needed. I forgot the guy that we brought in, but he just, he just wasn't it. I, that always bothered me. I'm jealous of Tampa right now. So screw you, Tampa. We wanted a bit of yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but we took stupid Duran Payne instead. I think Bea was gone though. But yeah, still, yeah, yeah. I think we're okay with Duran. I love Duran. And we switched. I actually think Duran could be that guy as a three, four. Like I, I could so. see Duran as a three, four nose tackle. Yeah. Now he'd be more of like a pressure one, not the run stuffer type, but yeah, I, I could see him doing it, but he's fine the way he is. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of a, but well, we won't get into a philosophical discussion with the three, four, but I, I see where you're going with that. All right. Special teams. They have Ryan Suckup as their kicker. Bradley Pinion is the punter. 
Jalen Darden is their returner. And Carson Tinker is their long snapper. We have Blewett is our kicker. Mr. Block himself, literally. Um, we have Tressway. We have DeAndre Carter. And we got Cameron Cheeseman. Eric, who has the special teams edge? We'll go to Brian. Brian, who has a special team edge? Oh, sorry, I was uh, muted. I muted myself right before I talked. I'm sorry. Hey, go, ahead, my turn. go ahead. Go <laughs> ahead. I said it's very close, uh, but I'm going to give the edge to Tampa because their kicker can get the ball past the line of scrimmage. <laughs> Brian, who are you giving the edge to? I mean, I don't think uh, the other team needs to be too worried about it. So, uh, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, I got you. <laughs> I'm going to go with Tampa Bay as well. I just think we need to see more out of Carter. I like what he's doing. I need to see some more electric plays. And I think Tampa is just not going to punt ever. So I don't think it's going to matter. So opportunity factors in there as well. Uh, All right, let's wrap this up. Eric, who is going to win this game and how is it going to play out? It is going to be a bloodbath of the worst order. Um, unless Tampa pulls a Green Bay and just comes out and completely disinterested because they're so much better, uh, then we have a chance. But uh, I'm going to roll with uh, Tampa. We'll go 38-10 Tampa. Jeez. <laughs> Eric, going harsh on the boys, huh? Give me a reason not to. I will in just a minute. Brian, who you got? (laughs) How's it going to play out? Now, Tampa is going to be motivated, right? They're coming off a loss themselves, and Tom is not, you know, Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers or anything like that. He will be motivated right from the start. He's not going to, you know, be taking any plays off or be looking ahead. He's going to be ready. Uh, This is going to get ugly really quick, Uh, 45-16. You know, it's, it's over from the start. There's, uh, you know, it will be very little resistance uh, happening uh, in terms of uh, what we're going to be able to put up. You guys know who owns the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke. You know, <laughs> you know what receiver owns Tampa Bay? Cam Sims. You know what I'm saying? The formula is there. Tampa Bay cannot stop Taylor Heineke. They can't stop him running the ball. They can't stop him throwing the ball. They can't stop Cam Sims from getting open and snagging receptions. That's what's going to happen. We're going to go into Tampa, (laughs) repeat the playoff performance, and it's going to be a 31-23 loss. But (laughs) Tampa Bay is going to win, but they're going to rekindle the magic, and they're going to go out in a blaze of glory. It's going to be 31-23. Tampa Bay is going to win it. I'm halfway serious about that. I don't think Taylor Heineke opened, I mean, owns Tampa Bay. I think he just plays well because they're an aggressive style of defense. You know that they're going to blitz you at least once and generally on third downs. That's going to leave him room to run. Cam Sims, if he plays, I don't know who's playing at receiver, but if he plays, he's a big body receiver. Maybe that gives Heineke some comfort this game. You're going to have to get the ball out quick. Cam Sims on some short out routes, stop routes, you know, things like that to get him open. I think he's going to have a good day. But Tampa takes it 31 to 23. Fellas? You just, 
you just gave Tom some bulletin board material. He's pissed now. He's uh, he's gonna play this podcast for everybody in Tampa, and they're 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 all it's gonna be their rallying cry. Uh, is uh, is hearing that Taylor uh, owns them. Yeah, I'm I'm sure this is going all over the Tampa <laughs> radio stations. Uh, but I will say, you know what quarterback got the most hype after that game last year? It was Heineke. So maybe maybe Brady's a little bit jealous. So maybe that'll mess with his preparation. I'm kidding. There's no way. Yeah, I will. I'll lend a little bit of credence to your theory, and that is that Tampa Bay tends to be kind of a zone-heavy team, and Cam Sims does play well against zone defenses. Uh, he's very adept at finding that little spot and sitting down. Um, it's just up to the quarterback to run around and find him. So sure, why not? 31-23. Let's go with that. Let's go. I'm changing hearts and that. minds here tonight. I like it, man. Although. Unlike the playoff game last year, Devin White is playing, and he is a game wrecker. So we'll see. I think 38-10 is more likely, but eh, why not? 31-23 Tampa. Yeah, we're going with it. It's going to be close. <laughs> and Devin White is a tremendous factor. Like, let's not <laughs> pretend like Yeah, he... let's look at <laughs> Yeah. He's no Jamin Davis. Maybe one day. No, not at all. <laughs> so he's no Troy Apke. <laughs> we got his name in there ability. we had to yeah man. i tried to resist i tried to hold off during the special teams talk but no i can't i just i love him too much troy he's a man <laughs> my favorite player if they sold life if they sold taylor heineke and troy happy action figures i tell you eric would have four of them <laughs> two of yeah, them well, i'd have yeah i'd have the alternate uniforms and the, the road to home the white on white i have color rush I'd have everything. The the rain cleats versus the turf cleats. Yeah, everything. Be all good. Oh, who's a more dominant 30? Troy Apke or LaRon Landry? Go. <laughs> oh. 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 That's rough. Oh man. What about uh, uh yeah. No, that's a that's a good Brian one. Mitchell, trunk candidate. How about him? He's another 30. <laughs> Oh, Poor Brian Mitchell's just rolling over in his grave, man. He's not even dead yet. He's like, all right. <laughs> like, what did they do to my number? Man, you know what? Reed Dowdy or Troy Apke, which one would you rather have starting at safety for you? Reed Dowdy. Oh, Reed Dowdy, 100 times out yeah. of 100. Yeah, absolutely. Reed Dowdy, just, he always was in the right spot. He just wasn't a good enough athlete. Yeah. Whereas Apke's an unbelievable athlete, but he's never in the right spot. <laughs> so I'll take the guy who knows what he's doing. I'm sorry. Yeah, Reed Dowdy, if he had Troy's speed, he'd probably be a Hall of Fame player. Yeah, he's That's John Lynch at that point. He wouldn't yeah. be Hall of Fame, but he'd be good. <laughs> you get carried away. <laughs> I like it, fellas. Hey, have a good evening. Take care of yourselves. We'll do it again next week. Let's do it. See you.